It is a beautiful Monday morning. That's not a good start, is it, Joel? No, no. Let's say it like this. Try and apply that theory to any other industry in the world. It's a scam. I was betting like 70, 80k. This is the Trademade Sports Betting Podcast, helping you beat the bookmakers. G'day everyone, Alex here and welcome to episode 153 of the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast. As you can see, I'm joined by pro sports better Neil Shah. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm alright, mate. How you doing? Very, very well, mate. All the happier that you're here, mate. It's been it's been too long since we've done a little show together. How, how's been life been treating you, mate? Yeah, yeah, no, it's been alright. It's much the same. Uh, just, yeah, just busy betting away um in the industry now as well so getting kind of an inside perspective on things um yeah just gearing up for the world cup looking forward to that you're in the industry mate do you want to do you want to share how far in the industry you are or are we just gonna we're gonna keep that nice and quiet not very far i'm just sort of a lowly uh underling but that's kind of the way i like it just kind of quietly you know just picking up a pension and getting some useful info uh but still you know very much doing my own stuff as well um you know in between yep well i i think last time we talked you were just getting your channel underway maybe you'd already started maybe you hadn't maybe you were just about to start i can't really remember but um yeah how's that all been going yeah no it's been really good uh so yes i've been sort of running a group since uh since may uh just kind of sharing my sort of tips and selections it's been like completely free all this time um i don't know when this pod's going to be going out there'll be a couple of weeks left but then uh, uh it'll be kind of a, a paid service from from november so it's been good i think we're about 70 points up uh since may um you know some nice wins in there um yeah it's been really good uh really lovely community that we have in there as well and lots of sort of smart helpful people um so yeah if you're interested uh you know feel free to sort of reach out on twitter or i'll be sending some info out in the next couple of weeks as well if people want to join the channel i assume go to twitter or something like that you got it in your twitter bio or there's yeah there's all the information will be on, on twitter it's through a company called bet chat um, so they kind of handle all the kind of admin side of stuff. Uh, so I'm not very good at that side of things. Um, so yeah, so they so they they'll do all that kind of stuff. But yeah, if you, if you're interested, just feel free to yeah reach out on Twitter and uh, you know send me a message or have a look at one of the links. Good stuff, mate. Well, uh, today we are going to be doing something I've been thinking of quite a while, and you mentioned it to me too. But. Uh, Part of my, or maybe not these days, but especially when I was working for TradeMate full time, uh, part of my treat of my daily exercise was was having a look at the YouTube comments, uh, replying to people every day. Um, most of the time, it's quite good, but some of the time, there's quite there's some exciting comments in there. And I think about maybe a month ago, or maybe a little bit less, I tweeted out one of my favourites. Of all time that got uh that got commented that i found it was i think it was quite it was months ago I, i'm trying to i think it was i think it was this one actually i'll get it up in a second but um yeah i thought the tweet became reasonably popular at least for me and uh, i thought yeah i mean this would be a pretty pretty decent podcast to go through some of the comments that we've got on the youtube channel and some of the tweets you've you've uh sent to me too um and we can kind of, I wouldn't, debunking's maybe not the right word, but we can just go through them 
I'm not gonna we're not gonna sit here and give these people a load of crap, but at least that's what I wanted to do, but Alex wanted to be sort of kinder about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean we can do that, but at the same time I don't wanna alienate people. Um I think it'd be helpful if because there there may be people listening to this thinking the exact same thing. So we could potentially help some people out, explain certain things, why there's certain things in videos or things said or whatever. And um, yeah, maybe we can provide some education out of this rather than just ripping people a new one. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> All right. Well, we can clearly, I'll play good cop and Neil's clearly going to play good, bad cop here, but I'm going to try and keep, I'm going to try and keep some relationships in the world. All right. Number one, <laughs> number one here. Hopefully you guys can see if you, if you're not, if you're not uh, watching on YouTube, I'll, I'll try and read these out, but um, I've blocked out the, the, the photos and the, and the names just so it's, it's not a bullying session here. He goes, um, bro, you can't win if you're trying to build your own system or model and try to beat the bookies with it. They have PhD guys working for them, computer specialists, and a lot of smart guys behind. You can't. My advice is never go against the odds. Follow the favourites. Try to confirm their favouritism and bet. It's the only way. Stop with this nonsense of value betting. You cannot calculate the true probability of an event and this makes impossible to use the concept of value. I can also highlight there's a lot of spelling mistakes in there, which kind of goes along with the, 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 the message here, which makes it even better. But, uh, yes, this is the one I put up on Twitter a couple of weeks ago. It just, oh, there's just so much good stuff in there. Do you want to fire away first, mate? Yeah, I mean, to, to be fair with this comment, um, there are... You know, there there are some interesting discussion points here, and and as kind of sort of ridiculous a rant as it sounds on the surface, um, there are sort of, there are kind of grains of truth. So again, you know, saying you can't win if you if you build your own system, it's not impossible, but it is very very difficult. So yes. I can understand where where that kind of thought and sentiment comes from because I will interrupt you though. Maybe there's a difference between system with a Y and system with an uh, I. B, system, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I'm not clever enough to build my own system, so uh, I, I don't know. Um, but but in terms of yeah, you know, building a model, it is. It's very hard work. There's a there's a you know there's a reason why a lot of people um, don't do it. Um, you know, I, I notice a lot of kind of uh, let's say tipsters people who are asked that question about you know modeling um I, I don't want to be cynical about it but you know because a lot of the time they will say no you know it's my it's kind of based on intuition or it's based on my knowledge um where it, is it actually a case of maybe not having the understanding of the mathematical knowledge to do it i freely admit you know i don't have the knowledge i would like to build uh, more models i kind of built kind of basic stuff but um you know i very much want to take a more data-driven approach and, and, and learn more on that side so yeah for me um you know i see a huge advantage with it but again you know you've seen models get outdated they need constant updating and tweaking and sometimes you could spend a long time building a model plus testing it and by then, you know, you might find out it's not actually uh, profitable necessarily or the back testing you've done 
doesn't apply you know going going forward so um that that side of things is, is very tough but what i will say is um you know bookies do have more tolerance in general if you're originating your own lines if you're kind of you know putting your own bets that aren't followed by a lot of people you generally will get a bit more time you'll still get restricted you'll still um, have limits but you know generally you, you you'll get a fairer crack of the whip so there is an incentive in that sense you know to try and sort of think creatively or try to be original with your with your thinking and your bets so i mean that's definitely the case um as for the phd guys working for them <laughs> i don't have a phd i work in the industry the barrier to entry is quite low um you know i know with with my company and you know quite a few others it's basically just have to be interested in sports and even then yeah you don't really have to necessarily be that interested in sports you know if the jobs are going so um you know if you're talking about let's say quants people who are building the models themselves um yeah you could you could definitely make that argument but a lot of people on the, on the um trading floor who are kind of monitoring the markets you know won't necessarily have that um level of education or expertise they don't need it um and you know um the, the bookie industry is not one of the most well paid either so people with those qualifications mm. unless they have a real passion for it you know they'll be going into finance they'll be going into you know other jobs in the corporate world which pay better salaries have better perks so um i wouldn't necessarily agree with that that point um yeah i mean in terms of following the favorites i mean uh you want to feel yeah. that one Alex? i mean the the first half is yeah you can have a bit of a give and take on that one but the second half's not really i mean it's just an absolute load of garbage but i will say i will say going on well, from what you just said about cop. sorry i thought i was supposed to be the bad cop yeah look i'm sorry mate i've uh, <laughs> <laughs> it uh yeah i mean there's just some good stuff in here it's it, this is probably one of the worst ones we've got so it's it's easy to go in on this bloke but um I will get yeah, going from what you said about having PhD guys working for like, there's not like it's hard <clears throat> like you said there's not much money in it for these guys these really smart guys who can do other things to go and to go and get in the betting industry and it's also one of those things I've got a I've got a friend who's been approached by bookmakers to to go he's got like he's not even he's got kind of like an economic commerce kind of background and he's been approached by bookmakers um to try and come and work for them and not only is the money probably not going to be that great but also it's it's a it's a very niche industry and it's also a frowned upon industry too so if mm. he worked at let's just say bet 365 for five years and then he tried to get a job elsewhere it's not the most like looked you know favored industry in terms of your cv to go oh great he's worked in the in the gambling industry etc if you get what i mean so so not only is the, the pay probably not going to be that great um it's it's not exactly yeah I, I, what you said's right mate i mean they don't have they may have phd guys working for them but it's probably like a very low number and yeah like you said it's mostly just sport sports fans you know who, who are oh, sure there's some very smart guys in there but but generally yeah not the not the not the tiny blooms of the world you might want to say that that's behind the the systems um yeah, yeah. And i'd say that those kind of people would be working for syndicates rather than for bookmakers themselves 
because they can make way more money, like way more money. <laughs> it's not yeah. even close. Um, so, yeah, that's that bit. I think we've, we've covered that well. Uh, and then, yeah, him saying never go against the odds and follow the favourites. I mean, sure, you can bet on the favourites as much as you want. You can bet on underdogs as much as you want. At the end of the day, the concept of value betting is not nonsense. And yes, you can calculate the true probability of an event. Sure, maybe you're not going to be able to uh, calculate Arsenal winning this weekend perfectly. Maybe you're not going to be able to get them down to a five, you know, fifty-five point five three percent chance of winning. But bloody hell, you can get close. You can, you can, you can get down to a, a whole percent at least, or at least some of these really sharp guys can um, to count. To calculate the true probability of an event, um, and as we know, value betting works if you can consistently beat the closing line, especially if we're talking about big leagues um, where there's a shit ton of money coming in, and it's you know a very efficient line is created at the likes of Pinnacle. You take away the vig on that line if you can beat that non-vig Pinnacle one x two Asian handicap over under line. Uh, you will be profitable long term, you know. As long as you're beating it by a decent, decent margin, you will be profitable long term. So, I mean, we've talked about this a million times on the podcast on this channel. Yeah. I don't really. I mean, do you want to make any kind of case for this for this guy? The, the, well, I mean, uh, one thing. I mean, maybe I don't know if there's a translation issue. If, if, it, if that could be it, if it's kind of, you know, the, maybe English isn't native language. So if there's some things in there that maybe are phrased differently. There's one thing I find interesting here as well is, you know, following the odd favourites. Because from what you've said, you know, what, what we all agree is actually it's getting ahead of, uh, of the odds rather than following the odds. So, you know, you want to be getting the bets on at the best price possible before they drop. So uh, I don't know if that was kind of part of the argument there, or I think that's mm. important to say. Because if you're just following steamers, which have already steamed, you know, you're, you're not going to make any money. That's, yeah. that's kind of the, very much yeah. the principle of what we try and do by value betting. Yeah. I mean, he kind of, um, I don't know, he kind of, yeah, it doesn't really make sense at all, to be honest. I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're backing a favourite or an, or an underdog. That essentially, what you want to do is is get is get value and beat the market's closing odds. So, um, <coughs> mate, I think we can move on. <laughs> See you later, mate. Oh, wrong one. Uh, where are we? I think this is the next one. Oh wait, no, this is the next one. There are some good ones in here, some quick ones. That was probably the longest one, so we can fire through these a bit more. How is it possible to make money without beating the closing line? Are we sure it's not just randomness? And I think I picked this one out because I thought it was just a a, uh, a good question, uh, yeah, a, a rare good. good comment. I mean, yeah, uh, rather than someone just, you know, giving someone shit, it was actually a productive question. So, um, yeah, <laughs> go, go far away, mate. Yeah, no, 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 it is a good question. And I think, um, you know, obviously closing line value is extremely important. But there are markets where 
it's it's not as valid a metric you know again if it's something liquid liquid if it's a big league if it's um, you know something with a lot of money in, in the markets then it's a good indicator but then um you know to give you an example some you know let's say prop bets that i do which are becoming more liquid um you know you you, you can't always necessarily um judge that you know um let's say you know a bookmaker might move off off, off a bet of yours or off a small bet you know in a, in a small market it, it, it's harder to judge um and again if you're trading things in play as well you know that, that data is not kind of freely available so um it, it it's not necessarily sort of the be all and end all it, it doesn't kind of cover everything but it was obviously it's, it's a very good way to measure um you know how you're going to be successful in the long run i think we've mentioned before again there are some tipsters out there there's you know um you know well-known tennis tips or i think Nishikori who doesn't beat the closing line there are yeah. people out there who are still consistently profitable without doing it which basically suggests you know they have a kind of um, an edge on the market um and an edge on market movement and i think uh, if anything you know that that's a really interesting edge to have because if uh, you know one of the, the the reasons you might get restricted again is, is by traders looking at your activity and if you're beating starting prices or closing prices and if you're not but you're winning you know your account might be dismissed um so you can actually get some more longevity out yeah. of it so i think that that could actually end up being an advantage so i think yeah it's, it's a good question but again the randomness side of things um again you know you need a big sample to kind of make a judgment call on that and, and uh you know the the kind of statistical proof you need so um yeah. it's a big question hard one to answer um uh, those are my thoughts on it yeah i mean i think the general theory is that if you're not beating the closing line especially in a big league you're not going to be profitable long term but like you said mate there are certainly people out there that can you know that can not be the closing line and win but it's, I think it's just all down to what's factored into the market. So if if there's something that you don't think's factored into the market, um, that is, you know, it, that's kind, of, it's kind of irrelevant to whether you beat the closing line or not. If you're if you're backing a team because oh god, sorry, some spam emails coming up there, sorry, people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, who knows, mate? I, I keep getting the long. Anyway, <laughs> I just I get spammed a lot. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> What was I saying? Yeah, so if if there's something that you're looking at, let's just say um, you think that you're betting on Arsenal and you think the Arsenal's home new, you know, vibrant atmosphere around the stadium is really, it's helping them out more than the odds are suggesting. Now, that's going to be factored in, I know, but let's just say bookmakers fail to factor that in forever you're probably just going to keep backing Arsenal every time they're at home. Uh, and maybe, you, you know, it'll never get factored into the line at all. That means you'll probably never beat the closing line, et cetera, et cetera, but you'll be profitable long-term. So hopefully that's a, it's a terrible example because it would be factored into the odds. But if it wasn't and you weren't beating the closing line, then it doesn't really matter if you get closing line value or not because the thing you're using that you think is important uh, is not being factored into the line anyway. So, I mean, smaller markets, you know, your smaller leagues, your prop markets, um, closing line is probably not that relevant 
to, to those sports betters. Like you said, tennis is a weird kind of sport where there's not much. There is a decent bit of liquidity around before the game starts, but also there's not as much time for sports mm. betters to. <clears throat> I mean, I've, I, I've we've had um, I've had multiple guys on the podcast talk about tennis and why it's not efficient and all this kind of stuff. So you guys can go back and listen to those podcasts. But there's not much time between games. You've normally got you know sometimes a day for people to to for these markets to mature and that means they're just not going to be as efficient as uh, as they possibly could be um and then obviously you got your really small leagues like your oh, who knows malaysian soccer league or whatever like you know i could name some really low level leagues they're just not going to be they're just not going to be perfectly efficient because the the limits are so low that um the closing line is just it's not re- probably not too relevant for you so um i think that mostly explains it don't you think mate is there any other examples you want to give of people who you know potentially won't beat the closing line but will be profitable long term yeah no no i think i think that's very much it i would say you know again people who let's say trading and play and kind of you know closing positions um you know in in games uh, as well that's kind of that's hard to track um yeah like what you mentioned about um things that aren't factored in as well you know i know there's kind of some smart bets in, in the us or look at weather conditions for baseball for example um and um there was an example you know there was a bet i did uh it was last season on uh was sorry the end yeah towards the end of last season and it was on uh uh, Liverpool and um, Villarreal and again it was kind of torrential rain throughout the day it was just it wasn't a, a match I was planning on, on betting on but just you know I heard on the radio that you know, it was going to be you know, absolutely soaking and so I had to look at the, the spread lines for um, you know passes in the game because obviously with mm. the heavy pitch and a lot of rainfall it was going to affect the, the kind of flow of the game um you know and it was a it, it was a big win on that in the end that was something again if i'd seen the there's the passes market just before the game you know it wouldn't have closed that far i don't think i think the key for those kind of things is that again they don't attract the attention of you know big players in the market and big syndicates who will stake you know enough to move the, those lines so um you know you you, you can still have that edge but let's say your bets and you know others who are looking at it won't actually affect it so you know that, that's another important factor to consider yeah yeah well so and i think most of these things that aren't factored into the line if it's something that you're using week in week out it's pro- and it's profitable like most likely eventually the market's going to pick up on it and yeah. your edge is gone so like for example sport that i know well like rugby let's just they had the rules change in the nrl a couple of years ago where the the game quickened up a lot more so people were hitting the overs probably hitting the favorites a bit more in terms of the line uh getting bigger score lines and stuff like that and you know that edge was there for i'd say two weeks and then it was gone so um yeah you can obviously factor things that are or you can obviously use things that are not factored into the market but generally it's going to be factored in pretty pretty quick so yeah um mate next one winners don't sell picks 
keep that in mind on here. Bookies also ban them and move lines off them. If your source doesn't have that happen, they're usually a scam. Now, this is like, it's actually, it's a a half decent comment. I mean, once again, we're kind of working in absolutes here. Like this guy's just basically saying all tipsters are not winners, which is, I'd probably say a lot of tipsters are, are not winners probably generally. But at the end of the day, this is just a very like one-sided comment. And yes, there are tipsters out there that obviously do make money for people. Um, and yes, there are some that will lose money over and over and are scammers, will um, delete their Twitter accounts, make new ones, or make lots of Twitter accounts and see which one's going to be profitable, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> um, but I mean... The biggest thing with with tipsters is that if they're really good, people are going to start following them. And then the more people that follow them, you won't be able to get the price. So when he says bookies ban them and then move lines off them, I mean, there is a, a, you know, a slight bit of truth, I guess, in that, in the fact that, you know, eventually tipsters are going to get banned if they're good ones. And then if there's a load of people betting on one selection at one time and the first account to better was a guy that's got a 10% ROI of your book or whatever, then maybe track that for a couple of weeks and you see a common pattern and probably everyone's going to get banned. Um, so that's a, you know, that's a, a fair comment. But to say that um, that winners don't sell picks, I mean... Oh, probably most of the time you would assume like your your guys like Tony Bloom and Matthew Benham and these kind of guys like the the best of the best they don't really need to sell picks because they're making so much money from sports betting themselves it would just be the biggest waste of time for them ever whereas as guys like myself I was in the situation about a year ago you're doing it too now. It's a good, it's a good side income for for sports betters who, at times, write a lot of variance. Maybe don't have the biggest bankroll in the world. Can't make a huge amount of money just betting it themselves because they have a smaller bankroll and they're just one person. Whereas if they can sell their their tips to to people, they can make a nice little side income, um, which can either be put straight in their pocket or they could help supplement and build their bankroll themselves. So, um, sure, most tipsters might be not that great, especially these guys that just put their picks up on Twitter. Like, they're probably not that trustworthy, I would assume. But, um, but yeah, mate, any thoughts? Yeah, no, 100%. I agree with all of that. I think... Um, it, it's difficult, and you can see why a lot of people are skeptical. Because and the problem with you know a lot, a lot of kind of tips is the betting Twitter world is you know it's not regulated. Um, you can kind of claim whatever you want. You know, like you said, people making multiple accounts and just seeing which one ends up in profit. Um, <laughs> you know, people faking bet slips. I mean, there's a website where you can sort of fake yeah. you know uh, your Betfair profit and, and loss and all this kind of stuff and um, um, you can see why people are, are skeptical but I think yeah it is a strange thing and, I, and I've heard this you know and it's kind of a cliche where people say oh you know well if, you, if you're winning why do you need to 
have a group you know why, why do you need to do all this if, if it, but yeah like you say you know it's, it's not not everyone has you know um a six-figure bankroll and, and uh, you've, got, you've got to start somewhere and there are a lot of incredibly smart people um that i know you know who do this as a side income they have a job they have other commitments you know there's but but in terms of scaling up to a level that they want um it's very difficult especially if your edges are soft bookmakers and you know again you're restricted or constantly mm. restricted um again some people might not be able to get a hold of accountants anymore um kind of fed up with that but they still have a skill that they want to use and they utilize um and why not uh, for me personally i um Again, I can run a group, and hopefully I'll get some members um, once it goes paid. But you know, as as long as I've been able to get the bets on myself, um, you know, I'm happy with the stakes I'm putting on. Um, why not? You know, I can share it to others, and you know, hope the prices hold, and and they're able to make a bit of money as well, get to help with, um, a few people, uh, make a bit of extra cash for not a huge amount more work than I'm already doing. I think that's key as well. Like um you know with a lot of top tips or services it is you know it's a nice um extra income um uh you know if you're doing what you're doing and also you know one advantage um i can definitely say with my group is you know making contact with lots of interesting people um you know the networking side of things um you, you know you, you do you, you end up you know meeting lots of interesting people who um, can help you and, and, and vice versa in, in your betting so I don't think it's as simple as just saying that, you know, winners don't sell picks. Yeah, obviously, if, you know, if, if you're making a huge amount of money, it's kind of not really worth the time and hassle. But, um, but let's say, you know, for example, someone like Cyclov, I don't know, you know, but he will obviously charge a, a high premium for his courses, probably because he either doesn't need to do it or some people would say, well, you know, maybe... It's to give the illusion, you know, of, of, of um, that superior level of quality at that price. You know, I, I wouldn't want to say I haven't done the course. So, um, but but yeah, so, so you know that could be one example as well. If you're, um, what you feel your time is is worth. So at the moment, we do. But maybe once uh, both of us sort of make our millions, we might not have a group anymore. <laughs> um, but you know, so but for the time, so um, yeah, I. I I think that's one thing. Yeah, what we touched on before about bookies banning, you know, you for following tips is yeah, hundred percent they do. Uh, that's why it's important to try and originate some of your own things. Try and, you know, try and learn to develop some of your own strategies or, or find your own bets. Um, because if you mix them in with, you know, you, you can follow tipsters, put tips to bets in there, uh, and you know, mix them in with other stuff, and then again, that kind of prolongs your account life. So. It's not a be all and end all, but if all you're doing is just you know following these tips to picks, then it's difficult. Um, yeah. But yeah, something he didn't say, but you said as well. Again, it's important is if there's a lot of people in a group, then you know, well, the prices hold. Um, you, you do want to be looking at if if there's a cap on numbers in in groups, and I think you know some of the, the better tipsters around. That's a good sign, a good indicator that actually they. They're conscious of what they're doing and, and they're putting the price mm. movements um, and want to actually give a you know, decent service to, to their customers. Yeah. You know, there's free groups out there with like 10,000 people in them, you know, sending out prop bets. And, and, and the information is good, but obviously if, you, if you're two minutes late, it's just a waste yeah. of time. And so, so um, yeah, it, like all of this stuff, it's, it's just a, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of kind of strong opinions kind of, matter of fact statements here that we're going through and um 
it's never quite as simple as, as you no. know, just one side or the other. Yeah, and to say that they're a scam just because their lines aren't moving, well, I mean, for one, you can check and see, all right, does this person have closing line value? Sure, it might be uh, a little bit, you know, messed with because, you know, if there's thousands of people betting the one selection, then the market might be quite skewed. But if it's a big enough market, then it won't matter because it'll get bet back the other way if it's if it's not a good selection. So, um if if they're betting into bigger markets, you don't have to you don't have to worry if they're a scam or not. You can just go and check and see if they're getting closing line value. Uh, and if they're betting into smaller markets, sometimes like I know that a lot of my UFC prop bets, like the the line, they just won't. These bookies are just lazy. Like they won't change their number on some of these prop bets because there's bigger markets, more important markets like. Premier League markets, except like money line markets, that are that they need to move, you know, first over a, a prop market where there's not as much volume. So, I know a ton of uh, bookmakers that literally, is whatever prices they put up on a Friday for their UFC bets on the weekend, it stays that the whole way through. Um, so, yeah, I think like what you said before is perfect. Like just. You can you can take this comment either way, half of it being true, half of it not. But at the end of the day, there's just no absolutes in, in, in anything. Like we just need to like relax a bit and realize that basically everything in life is uh, is can be debated either way, and no one's right or wrong. There's no like 100% right. Um, obviously, in some topics, there's 100% right, but. <laughs> Like in topics like this, it's all it's all debatable and it's always somewhere in the middle, maybe lean slightly to one side. But, yeah, we just uh, – a lot of opinionated people out there, mate, they just need to relax and be a bit more either side, don't they, mate? I think, I think um, yeah, the, sort of the betting space attracts this kind of very strong opinions, I think, mm. shall we say, or if not downright abuse sometimes. Uh, I think there's something peculiar to – to betting, I don't know the kind of you know the you know some of the anger, sort of some of the stuff that people you know lost, or a lot of people who call out others um, in, in quite a harsh way, and and uh, yeah, I, I, I suppose I can understand it. I just think it's a shame, really. There's there's space for you know, like I, I'm happy for you when you do well. It's not a reflection on on, on me. You know, I'm happy for my friend. You know, if they're, if they're, if they're doing yeah. well and they're even if I've had a shit week, I'm kind of right. I'll be like, yeah, well done, mate. <laughs> but I'm still happy for you. But um, and, and I just I've, I've never really understood that. You know, you, there can be lots of people in this space doing well, um, sharing yeah. information, and without having to kind of resort to personal attacks. And, and that does maybe it's just a feature of Twitter in general, but um, but it does kind of get um, mm. thrown up a lot in, in, in betting circles. And generally, these people that are yeah, attacking you personally or really going in on what you're saying, they normally are not, you know, the great, like they probably don't have much of a life. So, yeah, oh, yeah. I normally just try and picture someone, yeah, sitting behind a computer, eating lots of food. Um, and, yeah, I just try and picture a loser, basically. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry for all those people who likes eating food behind the computer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I sit by my desk and eat as well. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I shouldn't be. <laughs> Guess I'm a loser. All right, let's uh, let's brighten the mood here. These are some good ones. All right, this is just people just having a crack at us personally, mate. So I can go first. It is impossible to understand one word. Your accent <laughs> is terrible. It's terrible with a two in the middle. So that's uh, maybe your spelling's pretty terrible, mate. So jog on. I mean, we um, said there's no my sort of uh, statements here, but that's you no. Know, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Oh, no, this is my favorite. This is my favorite. All right. Excuse me if I allow myself. <laughs> I mean, this is just such a great start. Can you please? <laughs> Can you please speak more understandable English? This is referring to myself, of course. Most of the things you say I don't understand and it doesn't happen often. You go too fast and you eat your words. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can understand. I mean, yeah, I've got no problems with this message. I actually just think it's absolutely hilarious, mate. Do you have any, do you have any tips for me myself on how I can improve my English? <laughs> uh yeah just emigrate <laughs> no i mean uh i think you've been pretty pretty clear i don't know i mean it is it's just one one, one guy maybe he's got a sting against aussies uh, yeah i can understand if you're not if you're not a you know english speaker i probably say some things that don't make sense or i speak too quickly oh, quickly i don't know who knows well, see, because I, I grew up watching like Neighbours and Home and Away, so I just heard like Australian accents like my whole childhood. Yeah. So whenever it's sort of you know I hear an Aussie, it's uh, it's quite easy to understand. But yeah, yeah. there you go. There's some advice. Why don't you like Neighbours is finished now? Sadly, you know it's ended its run. But if you want to go through the back catalogue of Neighbours, yeah, you know, that might help you understand Alex a bit better and you know, other Australians. Yeah. So yeah, I'd recommend that. I, d I did used to live with a few Italian people and they, yeah, they really, I had to really dumb it down for them, really speak very slowly and so they could understand me. So maybe this bloke's Italian or, or girl's Italian, I've got no idea. Um, so, what about eating your words? I mean, uh... Yeah, look, I eat a lot of things, mate, but I certainly don't eat my words. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. And then for you, oh, sorry. Not very good at this, am I? So you've, I mean, this is more of a, a personal insult. You are a spoofer. This is spoofer. your video. Uh, yeah, I didn't know what this, this meant. Basically, what, like a scammer or? I yeah, I, I didn't know what it meant until a couple of months ago. But spoofer, I believe it means, yeah, you're basically a scam. Like whatever tip you gave out or whatever, you're just, you know, they're having, you, you've got no idea essentially, mate. Yeah, I mean, I respond to this. The thing is, if you if you start going into it, it just sounds like give me a bad history right now, mate. That's what we that's what we need <laughs> right now. Um, yeah, what do you want? Do you want my bank card, mate? Do you want uh, you know, do you want to see? Do you want the logins for all my uh, betting accounts? I mean, what, how am I supposed to prove this to you? You just kind of have to um, take it on my word, I guess. But yeah, you know, I could be. There's no reason, you know, it's, it's, it's easy enough to do. You just have to yeah. think. Uh, I mean, that, that's, that, but this kind of relates to, again, so how do, you, how do you trust the information that's out there? I think um, I think if people have listened to sort of the podcasts I've done or articles I've written or, um, or just had any interaction with me in general, you know, I think I'd like to think they think I'm sincere. 
you know, um, <laughs> if anything. I might not be the best uh, gambler in the world or, you know, just the smartest guy, but um, definitely one thing I'd say, you know, is that I, you know, I try to live with integrity yeah. and be honest, you know, I wouldn't be um, putting information out there if it wasn't true. I think, well, well to be fair, so obviously we started <laughs> Um, journey, right? And that was, you know, on, on your suggestion, you know, we kind of trace how my sort of journey began. Yeah. And, um, and, and look, we got off to a great run, right? And I think that can kind of be annoying. I've been in that situation where I've seen um, services, you know, say, oh, you know, they've done amazing and I've just signed up. And the month I sign up, you know, everything tanks. Or I try the same thing and it just doesn't work and I don't make any money from it. So I can kind of understand that perspective that, you know, and, I, and this has happened with, you know, friends of mine. Let's be kind of really open about it. We've talked about it on, on trade. Maybe we've looked at sort of different filters and the variants that you can. You can start off and you can have a bad month when you, when you first start. It just so happened that I got off to a flying start. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was kind of a long time after we did the series you know, that I've kind of gone on a bad run. But I have mentioned it. Oh, God, I'm not necessarily hiding that information. I just think at this point, you know, it, there's probably not much value or interest in um, kind of continuing that 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 series. I suppose be what we could do in the future. You know, like yeah. to, to show people that. Um, but yeah, it, it's a fair point. Sometimes you think, yeah, is, is it too good to be true? What um, yeah, how are people sort of doing this? But uh, yeah, I don't think I'm a spoofer, but I don't know how I can convince you know this this person either. So. Um, yeah. You know what's the catch? Well, there's no catch. It's just obviously we're you know promoting a, a service that you know that you, you pay for, which is good value, I think, for, for what you get. Um, and that's it. You know, um, the content is out there just to, to promote it. You know, to give people an insight, give some some education. And all these podcasts you do, you know, like um, there's no catch to them. You know, you, 153 episodes now right, of free content. For people who want to improve their betting, I think from the same company, you know, that we, we were doing these promo videos for, I think that shows a level of integrity, um, you know, honesty, and trust. Um, if that doesn't convince you, nothing will, mate. To be honest. Yeah, I, I think uh, in is if you're educated enough in sports betting and you know what's profitable, what's not, what works, you know, all this kind of stuff, when you've done it for long enough and you've educated yourself, if you just listen to someone talk for like over a couple of minutes and you've done like hours and hours of content on this channel and other places too, you can pick up pretty quickly whether a guy is just full of shit or he's actually knows what he's talking about. Like it's not, especially when, you know, people are doing live streams and stuff like that. Like, you know, you can't edit that. That's just all live out there. Like going off exactly what I'm thinking at that moment, getting asked questions. So like, You've done loads of that stuff too. So, mate, I don't think we need to defend you at all. I think it's pretty clear, mate. But, uh, yeah. I did have another, uh, someone sort of, uh, another group I was in say that I was uh, feeding my ego. So, so anyone's seen my Twitter, there's a little quote in there. Yes, I, quite I saw that. Because, um, yeah, because I was kind of doing a group and someone accused me of sort of stealing, um, you know, their information or tips, which were kind of, you know, um, really available and, and and was and kind of wildly inaccurate some of the things he said so um yeah that was another one i've been pretty lucky so far i haven't had uh it's sort of too many things and sort of no one's had yeah. a go at me 
eating my words yet, but um, I'm sure when I go premium, you know, they'll, they'll, you know, there will be sort of more spotlight on there if things don't go yeah. well. But it's kind of comes with the territory, really. I think that yeah. that's also maybe good advice for anyone sort of thinking about you know, doing that kind of thing or getting involved in the betting spaces to kind of um, yeah not let these things get you down. There are always going to be people who just sort of, and some people just do it to troll you. They don't actually care one way or another. They just yeah. they just wind up merchants. And so, you know, you just kind of don't give them the time. But don't get defensive either, you know, just kind of politely sort of engage in it, don't engage in it, ignore it, uh, and just carry on, just have faith in what you're doing. You know, there's always going to be haters out there. I've always gone by the philosophy that, you know, if, if you don't have any haters, you, you know, you're probably not, you know, doing, you know, if you've got a few, you're doing something right, you know, because there are just people who are just naturally jealous or just want yeah. to bring you down in life. And you just have to kind of, cut interaction for those kind of people to a minimum beautifully said mate all right next one dear trade man sport this is a good comment by the way actually a good mm -hmm. question we can answer would placing bets on 1.5 odds reduce variance what would be the potential downsides to that much obliged uh well yes it definitely would if you're i mean the lower in odds you're betting as long as there's value of course um, if the true odds are 1.45 and you're betting at 1.5, generally there will be less variance. There will also just be less variance on anything where you've got a bigger edge. So <clears throat> you're going to get more variance if the true odds is 1.48 compared to if the true odds are 1.4 or 1.35, something like that. So, um, yes, definitely you're going to get less variance the lower in odds you go. Um, potential downsides to betting on that odds range. Uh, potential, I mean, potentially the edges won't be as big. I mean, uh, it's, 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 you know, it's hard to always judge, but, you know, generally or a lot of the time it's going to be hard to find massive edges uh, in that kind of odds range just because, um, a lot of bookmakers will quote similar odds in that kind of range, whereas if you get a little bit higher into like your 2.1s, 2.2s, maybe up towards 3, you can get some bigger kind of differences there sometimes. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. If, you, if you're not staking appropriately, there could be some really big swings too just if you're, um, if you're not consistent with your staking. But I think that's kind of similar wherever you go. But I think... Uh, maybe the biggest downside is if you're just betting on lower odds just to reduce your variance and you're not placing value bets, then you're going to lose long-term. So any thoughts on that, mate? Yeah, I would say maybe other downsides to that also um, would be in terms of bankroll growth, that your, you know, your growth will obviously be a bit slower potentially um, because you're not winning much on, on, on each bet. Um, you know, so if you have a losing run of a few bets on that, it takes longer to recover uh, uh, those kind of odds. Um, you know, and so you, in some ways, and again, you need to be sort of staking accordingly to do it. Um, so that, you know, that would definitely be a factor as well. And yeah, exactly like you said, in terms of sort of the, the, the edge you're taking, kind of the, the odds will be similar. So, you know, a few ticks here or there. Um, between different bookmakers. So it might be harder to um, set that kind of thing. So um, yeah, so that, that that's, yeah. that's definitely part of it. So, so yeah, you, you're gonna get more likelihood of sort of long winning runs. 
uh, less likelihood of on losing runs. But ultimately, again, it depends on your risk tolerance for, for that kind of thing because you're not going to be getting those kind of big wins. Um, uh, so me personally, but again, it's just preference. It's not a right or wrong way to do things because uh, you know plenty of successful people who, who who do do that. So somebody, you know, a friend of the podcast, Marco here. Now he, he has a kind of specific odds range for most of the, the bets that he does. Again, to kind of reduce the variance and, and, and the risk, uh, but also that's you know that's where he's found, uh, you know, his, his his strongest edges are. You know, let's say around one point eight to evens mark. Um, but yeah, for me, I <laughs> I, I like the big wins. Um, I like you know the the kind of the roller coaster of it. What would annoy me more? Is if I lost like three 1.5 shots in a row, that would really piss me off. Uh, whereas <laughs> I'm happy to lose, well, not happy, but you know, I can tolerate, you know, losing like 10, 15, 20 horses at 20 to 1 because, you know, that is to be expected for, yeah. for that kind of strategy. So um, I think, yeah, it, is, it just speaks more to your mindset, really, because, um, yeah, one thing is flattening the variance and reducing that, but you know, ultimately, what's your goal? You know, do you, do you want to be sort of betting sort of full time professionally? Um, is this a kind of side income? You know, do you need to kind of it to be fairly steady each month, or are you going to be looking at it? For me, for example, I will look at it quarters or a kind of yearly take rather than to be too focused on each month. So uh, I think it's kind of more of a question about mindset, really, because, uh, again, you know, people like to bet on kind of short rods. Favourites a lot of the time, a lot of mug punters, it's very popular to do that. It goes back to the question we had in the beginning, you know, again, so betting on favourites. Um, but sometimes there are, you know, sometimes you'll just look at a game and look at a team and you think, you know what, they're, they're just really strong, you know, and maybe you don't mm. bet that often. So you might, I don't know, bet on buy-in or... Liverpool maybe not the greatest example at the moment, but you know, you bet on one of these teams, PSG, you know, um, and probably, you know, with a bit of luck, you, you, you'll be up over the season without actually following a, a proper process, but kind of taking these kind of short odds. So, um, yeah, they, there's, a, there's a lot to it, I think. There's, there's downsides to any approach. There's pros and cons to each, yeah. but if, you're, if you know that you're kind of, um, you know, you're kind of risk averse. You don't like these kind of lock. You know, you, you don't enjoy these long losing runs, and and uh, you want to have a kind of steady sort of win rate. Then, yeah, it would make sense to to bet at those kind of odds. Yeah, I, I will mention there's a really good article on the trade mate blog called "How to Reduce Your Variance." So I'd give that a read. There's millions of examples in there of ways you can do it. But I think, I think generally, mate you're better off spending your time finding edge over edge rather than spending your time trying to reduce your variance. And you need to also spend time getting used to variance, read about it a little bit more um, and just spend time, just get used to long winning runs and long losing runs. Like that's one of the biggest things you need to get used to, especially if you want to take this seriously is that, it's just a part of it and it's not something you I, – I just think you're better off spending more time either learning about variance or um, or finding more edges rather than trying to just reduce your variance because no matter what you do, 
you're always going to have variants. So there's, um, you can kind of, you can probably go down a, a long spiral of trying to reduce your variance and maybe it'll help a little bit. But at the end of the day, if you're good at finding long select, long odd selections and finding massive edges there, you're better off doing that and getting used to the variance rather than going away from your strengths and potentially becoming a losing sports better. So, yeah, absolutely. My, yeah. And the biggest thing to do, you know, it would be to just to, to have a high volume of bets. You know, that's probably the best best way to do it. If you know if you're putting on really high volume of bets at those kind of odds, and that will kind of flatten it out. So, yeah, that's what I really do. Cool, mate. All right, now we are on to your. Your, you've sent me some tweets, I believe, that um, that you wanted to go through. I think these are are they all from the same person, mate, or are they all different? There's a couple from the same person, yeah. And there's a few, there's a few interesting ones that I posted, but they kind of illustrate the same point. I'm not sure if I've got them all in the right order, but I'll I'll, I'll see if um, I'll I'll bring this one up first, and you let me know if this is the right in the right order. It says, uh, hello, betting companies are not our friends. Let's not get jealous when one punter wins. Let's not fight amongst one another, but instead learn the market strategies and let's rejoice when your slips come through. Most importantly, let's not fake it. Get in there. Yeah, I, I love this because it kind of um, speaks to what we're talking about, the kind of poison of uh, betting Twitter and sort of, you know, people... Um, just having a go at each other or just kind of just sort of jealous of each other's success. Um, and it's true, you know, it's kind of like we're all essentially after the same thing. We want to beat the bookmakers and um, you know, make a little nice side income for ourselves. So, you know, we just kind of give credit where credit's due to people who are doing well, um, see if there's anything they're willing to share or, you know, to learn from. Um, and, yeah, absolutely. Just kind of learn, right, how do you do that? I think there's a difference between sort of people who just post up these sort of green screens and winning slips and don't actually explain what they've done or, you know, not willing to kind of share any information. That, that's their choice if they don't share anything. But I think if you're sharing a, a kind of winning bet slip, you, you, obviously there's a reason you're doing that. Um, but, but, you know, you can see why it would rub people up the wrong way if, you know, if that's all you do is just post winning slips. Um, you know, I, I had an idea, I probably mentioned it, I might have mentioned it quite before, but you know, just a little project to actually just put up losing slips and just constantly put up losing slips, but to put with that the reasoning why I thought it was a good bet, but it lost. Um, and again, you know, sort of to, to see what kind, of, what kind of interest that would actually get, probably not a lot, but but it's kind of um, you know, reverse of what you see a lot of the times happening. But yeah, like you said, you know, it's a great idea. Of, I like that. Yeah, let's see. I'll, maybe I'll um, I'll start it off, and then when I do when I do my group as part of the promo, I'll just put like the best losing bet of the week or something, as you know, as my sort of uh, um, yeah share you know, on Twitter and, and see what that does. Probably yeah. Um, I'm doing that. I quite like that. I'd ra honestly rather give myself shit than promote myself. <laughs> I find that so much more comfortable <laughs> in doing. <laughs> I, I honestly I yeah. cannot stand people that put up. That they just backed a winner or uh, or put up winning slips. I mean, it just it really just gives me the shits. Like I just I I seriously don't care if you want to bet. Like I really don't care. <laughs> yeah, you know, like people who've won like a one point eight shot and they put about fifty 
bomb emo- emojis and like boom this <laughs> and like, all right mate <laughs> calm down <laughs> you know you might like a tenor like just, just chill out um yeah. but you know it, it's their own but i think what it, i will it, say though to this tweet to go slightly against it is that we are kind of fighting against each other i know i'm not saying we should be fighting amongst each other and be giving each other shit or whatever. I am saying that as sports bettors, you are fighting against each other because you're you're placing bets into a market that moves. So, for example, if you're if you're all hundred people follow a whiz bang tipster who's um who's posting up pinnacle prices, <clears throat> limits are only a couple of hundred dollars. Let's just say. As soon as he puts up that bet, it is a race to pinnacle, and the there will only be one winner. There will only be one winner, and because and everyone else loses because they will get a worse price as pinnacle will move their price. So, um, in that sense, yes, you are fighting against each other, but there are ways to fight against each other. You can you can just fight against each other via bet bets, not you know giving people shit and uh, whatever you know. If you get what I mean? Yeah, no, no, no. I, I think that's a great point. There's, um, I think there's a phrase for it. Um, the uh, sort of tra- tragedy of the commons. I think it's called. Um, <laughs> like, uh, it, yeah, it's a kind of essentially how we we're most like incentivizing you know, the, the 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 way things are set up. You know, and again, in this betting space, there's limited liquidity, right? So, uh, like you say, you've got to be. Um, you know, the early bird catches the worm. You've got to be trying to be first as a lot of these markets. Um, so that's definitely a valid point. But I think there is room enough um, for people to be doing similar things and, uh, you know, still be able to get a slice of the pie. Obviously, at the top end, um, you know, that, that that's that's more difficult. But, um, you know, between each other, you, you're still able to. Um, or, you know, again, within the same space, you're doing different things, right? So, um, you know, let's say, you're, you know, you're a specialist in UFC. Um, for someone who doesn't actually even follow UFC, but, you know, to give you shit for the winning bet slip on that, it has nothing really to do with what they're doing, you know, if they're betting on football yeah. or something else. Totally different market, totally different approach and process. Um, you know, let's say I do horse racing and golf, for example, but in a, in a different way to... You know, maybe other tipsters who, who do it, but in a similar way to other punters, there'll be like probably thousands of other, um, you know, people across the country doing similar bets to myself. So, um, yeah, there's there's just room in the space, I think, to just be more constructive um, and ask questions, you know. If you see these bet slips, you know, I, I need to do more of this myself rather than to just sort of be like, oh, you know, just start off, just actually... Yeah, message sometimes. Like, all right, okay, yeah, well, um, well done. Like, you know, it was a good bet. Like, what? Why did you choose it? You know, what was your, your thinking behind the bet? And see, you know, sometimes you'll be able to tell you know, from people that actually, you know, they might put it up. I think some people genuinely want to educate others in in, in this space, uh, and then there's some who just kind of do it for the attention. So, um, I suppose unless you ask those kind of questions, you won't know, you know, which camp they're in. Yeah. Love it, mate. Love it. All right. Uh, another one from yourself. This is a tweet. I think it's a two-parter. So uh, I believe this is the first part. Yeah, every single tipster on here claims to be consistently profiting from betting. If that was the case, why do we need 
Why do they need your money? And why would they give their edge away to their own detriment? Truth is, they're all complete dog shit and need your money to fund their losses. Fact. So many tipsters on here have a cult-like following. It's bizarre. Even when they're leading their sheep to the poor house from consistently losing tips, you see replies like, we move on, bro, and you'll turn this around. Never happens. Tipsters are guesses with oversized egos. Mate, I mean, we kind of talked about this a little bit already. But, um, yeah, I guess this is where you got your uh, your name uh, or your Twitter bio about having an inflated ego. Uh, no, it wasn't actually this, this person, but, but, but I do like this Twitter account. Um, there, there's lots of strong opinions on here on a kind of constant basis. And it's one of those where um, you, you kind of, <laughs> the, more, the more you kind of engage or criticise it, you know, it's one of those people where they kind of, they, they kind of enjoy the, the negative attention and kind of say oh you know well if you you know you're 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 living rent free in my head or you're kind of you know you're, <laughs> you're wasting all this time worrying about me when i'm not even thinking about you and it's kind of like oh god um so yeah uh, there is a point there is a good point in here sort of mixed in with the, the kind of aggression there's this kind of cult-like following that he talks about it's a good point there are a lot of tipsters yeah. out there who, um, whether or not intentionally or not, or if it's a product of just their membership not wanting to lose face, um, people will kind of come to their defence or they'll justify, you know, why they might be losing and, and, and um, not necessarily question the credentials of the service or the tipster or you know, um, whether it actually works. And, and it's it's a bizarre sort of aspect of, human behavior really kind of maybe not wanting to admit defeat um and you know from the tips side, maybe a lack of kind of accountability and transparency um but there is a kind of balance as well so you don't want to be apologizing sort of if you have a bad week or um you know, a bad day i have done it on occasion but that's kind of maybe more out of frustration but um, it's a fine balance because, you know, occasionally I will say, look, I hold my hands up, you know, I probably made a mistake with this bet or maybe I was, um, didn't factor this in or that. But, you know, if you kind of, if you're saying that all the time, then that, that will raise question marks about your process. But if you never say it either and you get defensive about any criticism, then um, it, it's hard to kind of you know, engage with that. And um, I think there's a lot of room for that. So to, to kind of follow people who are quite, let's say stubborn and don't want to change their process or learn anything new or adapt. That personally for me would be off-putting. Um, you know, I don't want to be, let's say, labelled and like that myself. So it's, it's a fine balance. So it's, it's, um, it's tricky. I don't know. I suppose, especially you know, when you were running your service as well, and sometimes, you know, if there'd be a, difficult, like, a tough card, um, you, you feel bad. You feel bad for the members or at least, you know, if you're a decent person, you do um but at the same time it, it is kind of part of it so you're trained to, to understand that kind of variance and you're used to it but then when it comes to you know other people in your group who have that frustration it's that added pressure isn't it just kind of you, you feel bad yeah. for them you feel a bit apologetic but then you don't want to be sort of profusely apologetic every time and then they're like well why did you make bets <laughs> yeah i mean there's nothing worse than losing other people money but i think like yeah with uh 
I think also on Twitter there are people that are just like, you know, they just they they love a community and they and they're happy to put up bets and have some fun, you know, and, and you know, maybe they shouldn't advertise. Maybe they should state more clearly that they're not like a profitable sports better. They just like love this community and love like you know having a bit of fun and and people you know people follow people who put out good fun entertaining content but there's obviously like a clear division there between actually being a good better and and doing it for entertainment so yeah i mean if you're doing it for fun maybe state that a little bit more clearly but yeah there are obviously you know guys out there who are um yeah who who do a good job and and some that don't it's just like once again, it's all in absolutes, really. You're either on one side or the other, clearly. And I think that the reason why people are like that is just because, like, it's not entertaining, really, to say, like, tipsters are um, generally, they're fine. Here are some things that maybe to look out for. Like, it's not very entertaining. It's way more entertaining to say, like, tipsters are scammers, the worst things that ever, you know, <laughs> entered this earth, or to be on completely the other side and to be, like, you know, what's going to get impressions, what's going to get views, what's going to get people riled up. It's, I mean, a tweet like this, essentially what this guy wants is uh, his comments. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can he see, you know, tweet. what's got, like, you know, a fair amount of comments, retweets, and you know, yeah. 58 likes on that comment. Obviously, lots of people who agree with it. Um, yeah. Let's say, like, this podcast, you know, was like we, we were sort of debating, I was saying, you know, we could kind of do it on, uh, you know, as a sports betting trolls, right? If you'd called this podcast something else, if you called, I don't know, like sports tips to scammers, it probably would get a lot more views, but it's not what you're after, you know, like it's not the kind of audience necessarily, you know, that would, um, you know, appreciate the content that we, you know, and what we're trying to achieve. So, um, yeah, uh, it, it, again, yeah, it's a lot of it is for attention, for likes, kind of clickbait, for part of this kind of Twitter culture, really. Yeah, mate, uh, we've got one more here. If you want to quickly run through it as we're running, yeah. we are going a bit long here. Uh, yeah, maybe you want to uh, explain this one because I'm a bit confused by, uh, by what's uh Yeah, this was just a kind of tweet, just kind of going through betting Twitter. And, and I, I really like this um, account because what what they do is, um, I think they, 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 they may have their own service. I'm not all may used to have had their own service. But what, what they do is kind of, they look at other um, um, tips or accounts and and you can see, so if, you, if, you're, if you're just listening and, and not uh, viewing this, so um, it says, you know, apologies all, I've noticed the lifetime total tips for you know, blah, blah, blah service had data from the previous version. And then what, what they've put is, you know, the number of tips and the ROI and then in brackets, this is what I like, is that they've actually kind of broken this down, that, you know, this tips as results are, uh, one in three billion chance that they're due to luck. Oh, right. So, okay. So I, I think this is what I quite like is because you can look at headline ROI figures. You can look at, um, you know, again, like points, profit, all of this kind of stuff. Uh, you can say, someone can say, oh, you know, they've been profitable for two years. That's all great. And, you know, a lot of the time, maybe they are, you know, they are good tips. Is genuine? I can say that about myself. I've only been going since May, you know, done close to a thousand bets. So, um, I, I like the way that he kind of frames it and, and in a way to say to yourselves, look, you know, do, do your own analysis as well. Have a look into this and like, uh, 
okay, like how, how much of it could be down to luck? Because if you're saying to me it's a one in two million chance, then you know, pretty much nailed on. Look, they've got a good process. They're doing something right. So I think this is yeah, this was kind of my positive uh, betting Twitter because I think this this is this is a nice way to approach things, an intelligent way to look at um, who to follow and um, you know to, to do it in a kind of um, yeah, a smart. Maybe way. you want to give them a shout out. I can't remember who it is. Can you block it out? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I will. Uh, I'll put it in the comments when I do find it. Yeah, righto. Sorry about that, mate. I, I just I assumed everything you sent me was negative, so I just block it. <laughs> so sorry, mate. You just missed out on some promo, but that's uh, that's all right. I'm sure it'd be fine. Um, all right, mate. Well, I think that's us. That was that was pretty fun. I thought that was pretty. Yeah, good. hopefully, hopefully, something interesting. Um, be good to get some comments on this one. I think there's something. Hopefully, we'll. Um, yeah, oh, that'll be great. Start. So yeah, when, when um, we yeah. we just got more content, we can just keep recycling over and over. We can comment on the. Absolutely. On the I mean, podcast. to be honest, yeah, we, we we could do a part two. So if anyone's got any more, um, you know, good uh, gambling to uh, you know stuff, yes. send us screenshots. Um, you know, we can go through some of those as well. I could do this every week, mate. It's uh, it's it's an absolute <laughs> pleasure, especially the ones that insult me about my my speaking. That's uh, all my English. yeah. Any more insults for Alex? You know, uh, yeah. how or how we can improve? You know, not eating his words so much. Uh, yeah. Very well. Yeah, I'm a hungry man, mate. All right, you can find Neil on Twitter at My Better Life, and I believe you will have your service details up there starting in about three or four weeks. So, um, yeah, so yeah, come check in on in November, beginning of November. Um, we'll be going live, but it is free for the next few weeks. So, um, you know, get in touch if you do want to get any tips before then. Good stuff, mate. And you can follow me at Alex Filler underscore. No UFC this week, but next week I'll be back. Uh, not on this channel, but if you're uh, if you're following some of the other channels I do content for, check out my Twitter and you'll see uh, some of the content I am doing around that week to week. But thanks for listening, everyone. I will uh, please make sure you do a quick rate and review of the podcast and subscribe to us wherever you listen to the podcast. And next episode will be next week, probably Thursday or Friday. And I just uh, finished interviewing a couple of pro sports bettors out of Canada, Mitch and Tyrus, little uh, pro betting partnership they got themselves there. So that was an interesting chat. Don't think they've done any interviews on any other platform. So some new people for you guys there. And I hope you enjoy that podcast. Pleasure catching up with you, mate. And I'll see you soon, probably. Yeah, brilliant as always. Nice one, Alex.